Welcome back to Mentors Among Us. My name is Bradley Lim and this podcast is my conversation with amazing people to learn how to live the best life possible. This week, I speak to Louisa Ying, co-founder of Heroes Headquarters Family Enrichment Programs. They offer experiential programs to help families live fulfilled and abundant lives. We talk about why it's important to prioritize marriage to build happy kids, how to have deeper conversations with your partner and children, the importance of having a family mission and allowing children to just be themselves. I'm not a parent, but I've always been pressured, mostly by myself, by the idea of being a father. I've personally learned a lot from this conversation and I hope you get something out of it too. And today we have Louisa, Louisa Ying from Heroes Headquarters, the co-founder of uh, the company Heroes Headquarters. And I have written a lot of stuff in uh, my notebook, my laptop here that I'm really keen and interested to ask you about. But I thought I'd start um, in, this, in this, this manner here, this question that I'm really, really curious about. So when I first met you in uh, a party last year, when we thought the pandemic was somewhat in control at uh, Grace's house, one thing that I really, really admire about you is uh, how, how, you know the word is sigmok, how sigmok your daughter is in being the leader among the three or four kids that were present in, uh, in Grace's house. I just want to ask you, how does a 13-year-old girl like, uh, like your daughter is able to be a leader like that in regard to all the smaller kids that were in that house running around, playing around. Uh, and parents were just able to kind of relax and let her just, hey, be the leader among the kids. What are your secrets to doing that? Because I'm pretty sure a lot of parents, I'm not a parent myself. Wow, I'm curious to know. Hmm. The word that you said was Sigmo, is it? Yes. What was that? Is that- oh, you know, okay. Sigmo is a Cantonese word for like, like being- Like a Cantonese Sigmo, is it? Correct, correct. Okay. So, uh, wow. First thing, thanks. Thanks so much for observing that. Uh, it, it brings me a lot of joy to hear, you know, that somebody thought of that on this, you know, as a third party view. Um, I think it is not surprising that the f- first child would do that because she's the eldest of three and she has, uh, a brother that is th- four years younger than her and a sister that's seven years younger than her. Mm. So it's very natural that she would be in charge. <laughs> so it's very natural that, you know, if you put her in a room and there's younger children, she would know what to do because she, you know, normal is, is part of her life. She mm. has to make sure that everybody is uh, entertained or, you know, they are <laughs> performing or, you no know, behaving well or, natural you know, leader. whatever it is. Uh. Yeah, it's just natural. Usually when it's the first child, that happens. Well, do, is, was there, I'm just curious, right? Was there any intention to make her a leader like that? Though? Because, I mean, I am a first child. I don't mm. recall myself being... Uh, being like a, a leader in that sense, like especially at that age, like, I mean, I was fumbling around, crying and don't know what I'm doing. So was there any, and, and, and I'm using the word intentional because reading through your blog posts and all your articles, right? The word intentional comes along 
uh, a lot. And was there any intention to make her or shape her as a leader though? In that sense. Oh yeah, definitely. I mean, the first thing that, you know, you do when you have your child is that you have, you know, these, this vision of what she should behave like or how she should, you know, um, how she should be as a person. And I think a lot of it has to do with uh, having a vision about that and knowing that she comes into the world unaware, unaware of anything, you know, even her potential. So just like how um, a child would not know any better about manners, you know, we always teach them, say your please, say your thank you. So in the same way, when they are in a guest house, they would not know how to actually behave. So you would have to tell them. So it's about awareness. So um, as a parent, it is our responsibility, our duty to let them know, hey, looks like the kids are looking for, you know, somebody to play with. Why don't you go and play with them so that the parents can have some chit chat or something like that. So it's about awareness. So she knows, oh, okay. And then it's about giving her a purpose, giving her, you know, some direction or what to do. And then she might come back to us, you know, maybe the first time and say, what to do? Then we would give them ideas, right? And then, so she'll get better and better at doing what she does. Mm. Um, But it comes first with, um, bringing that awareness to her, you know? So once that, once that, sorry, so once that happens, uh, it seems like you're also very um, aware and intentional and encouraging her to kind of keep going down that path to kind of be like a, mm-hmm. a leader like, in a way. Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, in all the little, little uh, situations at home, lah, you know, if you notice that, wow, the, the dishes need to be done, but she's sitting there and she's unaware. <laughs> so I said, hey, do you notice that, you know, you're kind of free right now and we're kind of busy. Do you mind if you can help us out, do the dishes? So it's it's awareness, you know, it's a training lah, to but be aware of the surrounding, what what can she contribute to and all that. Is yeah. that is that the exact script? No? Because uh, I also want to talk about, one thing that I want to talk about is uh, based on your Facebook post, I saw that, Recently, you got, uh, I think, your youngest child to help you with vacuuming your sofa. So, I don't know whether or not a lot of parents would have the uh, would have the gals to to do that though in this day and age. Uh, okay, and again, everyone's script would be very different. But I'm curious, what is your exact script to get your child to do chores for you? Because I might need that. I might need to steal that script in the future. <laughs> But before you go into any script, right, um, I like to caution that this comes with a lot of previous connection time. So, you know, just like how we all have an emotional bank account, uh, the only way that we can withdraw from it is if we have deposited enough, right? Okay. Yeah, so... If daily, on a daily basis, we're always connecting, you know, we're spending time together, you know, I'm checking in like, you know, what house your day and playing and tickling and hugging and all that kind of thing, you know, just for connection. Then the emotional bank is, is full enough for me to be able to ask, you know, that kind of question, 
Hey, mommy's kind of busy. Would you like to help me? Of course they would because you know their emotional bank is so full and they just want to do something to to uh to to make mommy happy. Right? So that is one thing that's important that you have the emotional bank account taken care of first. And then uh and then how you approach it um has to be win and win-win. You know, if they see that, you know, that's going to help you, that's going to help me, then sure, I'll be happy to do it. But if it comes from, you know, an empty emotional bank account, you know, you've been so busy and you don't, uh, you haven't really been spending time with them and, you know, they, they haven't been getting the attention from you. So it's kind of like really low or, you know, deficit, then it's going to be hard no matter what strategy you you. <laughs> No matter what kind of strategy, what kind of script you use, it will be quite hard to get them to cooperate. So uh, I, I see where you're coming from. I, I I can picture it now, right? Like the really say the busy parent, the mom or dad that uh suppose in this pandemic has to work from home, has a lot of things to do, and maybe haven't built up the emotional bank account as you as you said. Uh, mm. asking their kids to help them out in a in a rash in a fast in a very hasty manner may not be the best way to go around it so the script is less important than it is uh, the 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 steps leading up to it the emotional bank exactly man i got yeah. thank you so much thank you so much for, for sharing that uh that is something that uh and that was all of and i like the analogy of bank that you use um, i'm gonna jump a few questions because when you say that right um and again this is very much scripted on my end i apologize to whoever can kind of feel it but one question that I have here is something that I personally struggle with. And um, being a psychology graduate myself, uh, the idea of behavior modification is uh, something that we've all been taught, right? The carrot and stick approach. You like a behavior, reward it. You don't like it, you kind of like punish it, right? Uh, and in line with the word intentional that you use, uh, I kind of relate it to maybe, of course, mistakenly. I'm hearing, I want to hear what you say. I kind of relate intentional to behavior modification. Like, okay, you do bad thing, I punish you. You do good thing, I reward you. Does it defeat the purpose of allowing a child to grow to be who they are? Because it feels like if I'm a parent in the future, I'm shaping them like how I would train a puppy. And I know that sounds really bad, but I'm really, really curious to know what you think. And it's because I don't want to screw up as a dad in the future. Cool. I... I my hats off to you first thing is that you know you're thinking of all these things even before you have even <laughs> oh, married yet eh? <laughs> uh, haven't even gotten married yet and that's just amazing um shows how far-sighted you are and i think it's awesome because uh it's really good to think ahead on you know how you want to be you know your future you right so Cool. Kudos to you. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> um, I, I want to ask you a question. Like okay. you, you have, um, you, you have probably built up your body, right? To a certain, certain level, right? Yeah. Yeah. Tell me what, what, uh, what motivated you or what, you know, helped you to get to where you are at? I think the, the, sh the simple answer would be, to be honest, um, fear is very much fear that began. And this, uh, this is a quote I want to share, right? Um, they say, misery is your first teacher. Don't let it be the last. 
So the reason why I started lifting weights yeah. to try to look better is because, hey, you want to get attention. You don't like the fact that uh, people look down on you and things like that. And once you get to a certain point, you realize that that cannot, that cannot be the long lasting, long-term feel. So you start, and I started realizing that, hey, I quite enjoy this and I want to do it because I want to do it, not because I want to kind of please other people. So the short answer to that is, yeah, just dissatisfaction in myself. Is that a wrong answer? Okay. Is that what you're seeking? No, no. <laughs> There's no wrong or right answer in anything. But you know, you started off because you had um, a vision of where you wanted to go, right? Mm. Or where you didn't want to go, right? So you you knew um, what you wanted. And I think that's, that's how it, it is with parenting as well. Like how I um, mentioned earlier on, it's about the vision, your parent vision. Um, what do you want for your child's future you know and then when you know what it is then you work towards conditioning you know your child towards that vision so just like what you mentioned just now um training a puppy it's all about conditioning right yeah, when you uh, want them to be able to know how to sit, then you give them a treat and then they understand, oh, if, if you know, they say this word and if, if I do what they say, then, you know, I get a treat, right? So I think similarly uh, for raising children, it's also conditioning, right? In what way we condition, that's, that's the big question, lah, how we want to condition them, right? Is it always going to be uh, a carrot and a stick kind of, conditioning or you want them to in the long run be able to to do it because they know the importance uh, because they want to because they they know that uh, even if nobody gave them a reward uh, they will benefit from it so what is you know what is the way that will lead them towards that yeah how do you make them so sick mok <laughs> so um, I think that a lot of it has to do with uh, setting the setting the atmosphere in your home. You know, setting the atmosphere and putting the the boundaries in place. And after you've done that, uh, it just happens. <laughs> so if you know if if your um, atmosphere is all about you know, I'm doing this because I love you. Because I love you, I I want, you know, I want you to be happy. I don't want you to be cranky. Because I love you, um, you need to sleep, you know, at this certain time. Because I love you, uh, these devices will not be too good for you if you spend too much time on it. Because I love you, you know. So the atmosphere is because of love. Because, you know. Uh, I want what's best for you and I'm on your side. And then the boundaries is really putting the rules and structure in place so that they know what, you know, is the limit that they can go. Because, you know, as you know, little children, they don't know how long is long, right? How bad is bad? How, you know, dangerous is dangerous, you know? So we have to put the, the limits there for them and we have to start with their age and their stage. So the, the older they get, you know, then we, we widen it up. 
the limits. We give them bigger limits so that they understand, uh, so that they, they, they learn responsibility. So it's, it's very simple. Um, you want them to, you know, your vision is for them to be a responsible employee in, you know, in the future workforce. Uh, you don't always do things for them. You know, you help them to find, uh, find the, the best way to do a certain thing. And you, you, you basically coach them so that it's not that they will always come back to you but they will be able to do it on them, you know, by themselves in the run. So you want to raise a child according to your vision. It's very simple. The, the formula is A, B, C, and then, yeah, D will just happen, the discipline to do it. So A would be the atmosphere, setting the right atmosphere, B, putting the boundaries in place, C, um, having the right kind of communication connection, and then D will just happen. They will have the discipline to to do what they are supposed to do, uh, the right thing to do, yeah. And they will know what they need to do. Okay. okay. Atmosphere, boundaries, communication, and then discipline will happen. Yeah. When you say that, uh, I feel like one thing that that good te- good teachers or great teachers or great courses teach you is to give you a um, a very easy framework to remember and recall. And when you say that, I feel like. When you say as they age, you give them more freedom. What comes to mind to me is a reverse triangle. As as someone grows older, uh, you can see it through the camera, the, the triangle goes from a very small base at the bottom to a very wide base at the top. As one as one child grows older, the freedom that they get, that they earn through uh, maybe not just age, through maybe showcasing to the parents that they are responsible, just grows. So that that and the A B C D are two models that I I will I will take to heart. Thank you so much. Um, and and, one, and this this segues to another question that I want to ask, right? And um, I realized recently one of the posts that you guys wrote uh, written down on your Facebook is the fact that uh, you encourage parents, uh, husband and wives, to have a uh, date nights in this pandemic, uh, although it's something that can only mm. be done at home now, la. And this this echoes to this echoes one thing that I heard from uh, a client of mine. And she says, and I respect her because I think she brought up her, her kids to be to be fine people and they are around my age, right? So I, I just, by passing, asked her what's her secret. She said that ultimately in this whole family, they've always prioritized themselves. It's a very selfish sounding thing. The husband and wife prioritize themselves, prioritize their marriage, their relationship. And they said that ultimately that is the most important thing for a child. Uh, and also one thing that you've written down is uh, don't be afraid to show to show PDA in front of your kids uh, with your with your spouse. I remember reading that in one of your posts. But mm. well, what do you think about this? Because it feels to me like if whenever someone has a child, at least in some of the social circles that I see, the child becomes the center of their life. The child becomes uh, their life. I mean, they mm. lose themselves. They lose uh, their marriage, their partner. Not not so much the marriage. They lose who their identity their identity are. What do you think about this? It's long-winded question. I I'm think you're spot on. <laughs> no, but you're spot on. Uh, that is the trend that we're, we're seeing. And uh, recently I have uh, read the Malaysian statistics of marriages and divorce. And what I concluded was that a lot of marriages end up in divorce in the first five to 10 years. 
of their marriage. And if you think about it, you know, if you've been in a marriage for five years, the, the likelihood of having a child within five years, five to 10 years is very high. Yeah. And so it's just very sad to think about it that, you know, um, these are probably families that already have children that have, uh, you know, children involved and they are, you know, moving towards the direction of divorce. And that's, that just breaks my heart. Right. Um, so what I, what I would like people to know, you know, even before they go into a marriage is that your marriage is really, really important for a few years before you even have your children spend time knowing each other, spend time with each other and, and do the things um, that will build both your relationship up, build your trust in each other, build your, um, your understanding of each other. And that can happen when you have deep conversations, you know? So a lot of times people don't really know how to have deep conversations um, because maybe it's the upbringing. Like, honestly, from my upbringing, I didn't know how to have deep conversations. So when my husband tried to, you know, have a chat with me and ask me my opinion about things, right, I find it so difficult. I find it like, oh, yeah. You know, it's like a, a big, big chore for me to talk to him, you know? So I'm like, uh, and then, you know, I'm thinking of other things, you know, like my next task or what's my next meal and, you know, that kind of thing. But when he asked me things like, what do I think about a certain issue? Then I'll be like, huh? Got to think. Uh. <laughs> but you know what? Um, I've discovered that if I did put in some effort, our conversations are richer and it, you know, it took me more than seriously, uh, more than 10 years <laughs> to learn how to have a deeper conversation with him. And my, I, I, and I am so grateful because he was so patient, you know, so patient to, to, to wait for me. He'll say things like, are you thinking <laughs> or are you, uh, have you moved on to your next thought already? Are, are you going to reply me? And then I'll be like, oh, yeah, oh, uh, uh, uh. <laughs> you know, so it took some time for me to realize that, oh, you know, he's, lo he's looking for some, you know, deeper meaning to our conversation and I, I need to train myself. So what I've learned is it's a skill. It's a skill that um, a lot of us don't have, you know, to go deeper into conversations to, to, um, you know, just spa, uh, with our thoughts and things like that. Mm. And what I've discovered is when I learned to do that, then I, you know, he was able to understand me more and I could understand him more and we could come to the place of a uh, mutual understanding. Sometimes maybe we may not have, uh, total full agreement on what each other's saying, but that's where we, you know, we use, um, clarification questions, you know, to fully understand where we're coming from and, you know, why, why we think that way. I would really encourage, you know, newly married couples or even those who are dating right now to spend time just um, building up this skill of having conversations. Because what happens if, is if you don't, 
then what you know of that person is on the surface. You know, the, what you know of is, is what everybody else knows of, right? Yeah. But you don't really know the deepest things of what they think about things, their, their beliefs, their value system, you know, what, it, what, it, um, what drives them, what's their needs. We don't know that as much if we don't have these deep conversations. And how do you have these deep conversations? You have to plan for them. And you have to make time for them. You need to be very intentional to say, hey, tonight we're going to go for a nice meal. And then, you know, after that, we're going to just have our coffee and chit chat. You know, that that's being intentional. Uh, don't go for a movie. <laughs> Because, you know, in a movie, you don't get to talk and you come out, you're really tired already. And then, you, you know, you say goodnight to each other and that's it. You know, for day and nights, have intentional time uh, planned out to talk, right? Mm. And do that in your first few years of your marriage. Talk about your dreams. Talk about your goals. Talk about, you know, what your ideas are about parenting. What your ideas are about your, your dream family, Talk about all these things because that's that's the best time. And then when the children do come, continue it. Keep keep doing it. Because, you know, what happens is a lot of times, I think it's a big mistake. Um, young parents, they've put all their focus, all their attention on the new child. And then they kind of take each other for granted. And then you know, the, the emotional bank account gets depleted. And the more it depletes, then it's going to be hard to even have a nice conversation, you know, or, or even um, asking your spouse to do something for you is going to be difficult because, you know, it's at a deficit. <laughs> so you don't even feel like doing it because, you know, uh, you know, so unfair, you know, they, they will start thinking, you know, you, you, you spend so much time on your work. I've been spending time with the baby and then now you want me to do this. And, you know, it, this kind of thoughts will come. And then before you know it, they drift apart, you know, the couples drift apart and they are, um, they're in the mode of just surviving, you know, and every conversation is just transactional. It's about whether, you know, uh, the kid has had the meal, whether, you know, this has been done, that has been done, the bills have been paid. You know, it's very just surviving mm. together, living together. Yeah. So that's not, that's not going to be healthy in the long run because, you know, um, you need the husband and wife to be that foundation of the family. Yeah. And if that foundation is crumbling then, you know, you can anticipate a divorce in the next few years, you know. Mm. So, please, young couples out there, <laughs> please spend time together. Please build your relationship with one another. Talk about the deepest things in your heart. And, you know, when the child comes, continue it. Continue it. Make it a priority. It may not be as much as before the child comes, but just every little single, you know, intentional uh, time together does help to build up that 
bank account, okay. you know, and keep filling it. Okay. Okay. All right. I can hear you speaking directly to me. <laughs> and of course, uh, Gabriel behind the camera there. Yeah. Uh, it is something I try to do, to be honest. I, I wouldn't say I'm hyper-intentional about it, but I know when I need to be heard uh, on an emotional level, I, I would tell my girlfriend about it uh, and, and we would talk on a, on a deeper level. I mean, talking in a deeper sense like this all the time just makes you a very serious, uh, unfun person. Uh. So as you said, you got to schedule it in advance, put it in your calendar, because if it's not in the calendar, it's not going to happen, right? But mm. I also, I also want to come from this, this point of view that I think you and I, we, we both graduated from the same coaching course. And we understand mm -hmm. how important it is to really dig deep and really kind of maybe excavate the emotions out of us to, to, really, to really reach a point that it can benefit us when we talk about it. The question that I was asking is, um, and we went on, this, we went on this, uh, this, this idea or this fact that it's very important to have emotional connection with your spouse. And it is, not, it is by default not a very Asian thing. And I had to learn it the hard way over years and I'm 30 this year. Uh, and again, both of us intentionally took a coaching course to know that it is very important to really, to really expose who we are to be able to kind of, kind of solve the problem sometimes. For the everyday Joe out there who's uh, who doesn't go as deep as we do, like how where do they begin? Hmm. Uh, first thing first, um, I think you're way ahead. <laughs> really you're way ahead of, of you know a lot of people because like i have just recently in the last five years only uh learned how to do this right so so congratulations to you thank you now thank for you. the 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 person that you know came from my background you know the kind where the family doesn't really talk about deep things and we don't talk about issues and stuff like that we just you know survive you know i i I grew up going to a lot of tuition and, and, um, in my free time, I'm by myself, you know, I don't, I don't remember having like special time with my parents, you know? So, um, they, I, I didn't have the skill of how to have good conversations with people. Right. Um, so in the last few years, what I've learned is, uh, I learned from my husband whenever he asked me questions, like, what do you think about a certain thing? You know, um, what's, what's your, what's your, what, what are you currently happy about? Or what are you currently thinking about? Yeah. So then, um, it takes some time to think about it and we answer, but a lot of times we just answer just the broad strokes, right? And then we are hoping that, you know, end of conversation, right? <laughs> Don't have to go any deeper. But what he does is he uses this technique, right? And he, he'll say, um, can you tell me more? Yeah. And then, okay. So then I will have to tell him a bit more. Yeah. Then he'll ask, can you explain a little bit? You know, can you explain what that means? Then, okay, I have to explain a bit. So it's like kind of chunking down. And then sometimes he'll say, can you describe it? Can you describe what this, you know, looks like to you? So that is the, you know, that is the tool that he uses, you know, <clears throat> to help 
the conversation go deeper and further. Yeah. So this is something that he teaches. It's called Mr. Tad. Mr. Tad. <laughs> Mr. Tad. Tell me more, explain to me, and describe. Okay, okay. I'm going to so write it down Mr. here, by the way. <laughs> so Mr. Tad has become a very good friend of ours. And sometimes we use Mr. Tad, you know, in our conversations with our children. So if, when they come into the car, a lot of, a lot of um, parents may not have very good conversations with their children simply because it's, it's the questioning. You know, they ask, how was your day? So it's very close. And then it says, oh, good, bad. And then end of conversation, mm. right? Yeah. Did you have a good day? So it's either yes or no, right? But if you wanted to have a deeper conversation, then you would ask, you know, open-ended questions like, so what was, you know, the most interesting part of your day at school today? So then they would have to think, oh, it's oh, the most interesting so then they would think, oh, yeah, my friend, she, she uh, threw up <laughs> or something. <laughs> oh, what happened? Can you tell me more? You know, then, then they will describe what happened and, you know, and then your conversation goes deeper. And then after that, they're really comfortable. Then they'll talk about, oh, yeah. And then this friend did this. And then, you know, the teacher said this and da, 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 da. So, if you wanted to have good conversations with your children, use Mr. Ted. Okay. Tell me more. <laughs> explain. Describe. T-E-D. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Right. It's a very good practical tip. Thank you. Thank you so much. Uh, I, I want to go back to um, I want to go back to what you talked about earlier about um, couples getting to know each other more uh, before getting married. And this reminds me of um, this conversation I had with a friend. I think... I think he was in the midst of uh, being the worst. He's, he's, a, he's only one year older than me, 31. He got married very early. I think he got married about mm. 24, 25. About early based on, I suppose, uh, today's standards. Uh. Yep. And I think he had, a, he had a child, two child, two kids. So it, it's really sad, lah, but I mean, my friends are all saying, oh, this guy got money, lah, so can, can tahan, lah, no problem. Lah. Of course, it's not, it's not ideal, lah, nonetheless. But one thing he said to me, and it made me think, was the fact that he gave advice. Like he, didn't, he didn't tell, he didn't share. Like he gave it advice. He said, bro, if you want to get married, um, don't get kids straight away. Enjoy first. Because, and this is his words, right? Because you lose a lot of freedom once you have the kids. And that is how he felt about it. Um, and, and maybe this is where, uh, this is where a personal fear is. Uh, I'm trembling talking about this because it's going to be, life, right? Uh, is the fact that, and, and I've always struggled with this, right? But during our coaching session, we talk about this sometimes. Like, would being married, having a child be the end of freedom for me? And I don't know if I echo the sentiment of a lot of uh, millennials around my age, but uh, it is something I think about. Mm. Rightly so. I mean, it's a very real thing. Because children are not something that you get one day and then you can just give back. <laughs> if you have them, you have them for life, right? Mm. So it's, it's something big that you need to think about. But I guess one of the things that, um, you know, everyone needs to do uh, on their own is to think about where do they want to, 
what what is that vision of you know their dream life at the end of like maybe 10 years 20 years 30 years you know what is it that you're you're looking forward to like at 50 years old do you want to be chasing after a little kid <laughs> or do you want to have you know conversations with your your adult kid <laughs> at that time you know what what is it that you would rather um at that age would you want to you know be without kids at that age so it's it's a it's a question that we have to ask ourselves you know what do we envision for ourselves at a certain age right mm. then only when we understand what we want then we are able to accept it and when we work backwards then we we realize that hey actually it's not too early for me to have children <laughs> or it's it's still okay for me not to have children yet or you know whatever it is mm. yeah so i think we need to think about what is it that we want for our future future self right because maybe having um gotten married so early like at 25 or 24 you might not have even thought of your future self at that time Mm. You just did what was naturally progressive. Society right? tells us to do that. Uh, well, well, I mean, for the for the friend that you know got married early, um, it was just a natural progression, you know, from getting married to getting children, mm. right? But uh, what I've learned recently is, you know, our we are only our cognitive mind is only developed at 28 you know <laughs> i mean that okay. that what science tells us you know that uh we are constantly from the time we are born until the the age of around 28 i mean for some it might be earlier for some it might still be later our cognitive brain is you know only fully developed at 28 <laughs> yeah, okay yeah so i mean it makes sense that you know at that age 25 they may not know what is it that they really wanted right in the future mm. so so i think it's it's good to uh start thinking about it right now really at your age <laughs> got it <laughs> yeah you you know you're at that age where you can fully think about what you want and uh when you know what you want that that becomes your big why you know why you would want to get married at this certain age and why you would want to have your children then because you know that you know by this time when i'm mm. 50 i want this to happen so no matter how difficult it is what the challenges are that's going to that's going to be the 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 driving reason that you will push through and that you will be able to take it on mm. with with full gusto and with joy right yep Uh, yeah. Thank you. Thank you so much. I tell you, what I'm going to do now is I'm going to cross out a lot of the questions that um I had today that were very I think I was seeking I was seeking instructional step-by-step -step answers from you. Uh like this, I'm going to cross this out, right? Best age to have kids. Because <laughs> I think the answer and as you have shared, right? It's not so much it's not so much uh, a set answer like okay, 20 28 after that you got to get married because 
it might be different from person to person. And as you said, the you gotta depend on you gotta ask you what your ask yourself what your why is first. So yeah, I I think that is a much more powerful compass, if I may, to navigate through kind of these tough questions rather than just being told, hey, by twenty eight you gotta like get married, by thirty you gotta have your own house, by what forty you have to be able to do this and that. I think these milestones doesn't help uh, especially with um, I suppose my generation, uh, if I paint broad strokes in that sense. So one thing that you have uh, talked about uh, a lot and something that I, I realized is an overlapping theme in what you've been sharing is having a mission and a vision for family. And I'm something, something I'm very impressed with because the only time I've ever heard of this word is 100% not from my family. Is when I go, when my company sends me to go for this corporate training, team building, uh, outreach or team building, uh, getaways, right? We, we, we need to sit down for two whole days and figure out what our personal vision, personal mission is, how it can relate to the, com- uh, the company as a whole. Uh, maybe share with us, right? What is your family's uh, vision and mission? Hmm. Okay. So, um, you know, a lot of these, these uh, thoughts, right? Or, or this principles that, you know, I'm sharing with you is really uh, from the toolbox parenting course that we teach in Heroes Headquarters. Mm. And it comes from New Zealand. Um, So we brought it in. And these are just ideas that we have never heard of in our culture. Yeah. And what we've discovered is it's not an ang thing, you know. It 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 doesn't <laughs> it doesn't necessarily have to be an ang thing. It's something that we think that, hey, actually, is a very important thing. Yeah, um, we need to think about these things because it will be our compass. It will be, you know, the the guiding light in which we will make our decisions. So what we've discovered is when we when we um were exposed to, to this content in the toolbox, you know, we were forced to to think about it. You know, what is our mission? What is our vision for our family? And, you know, it makes so much sense because like you said, the only time we are, you know, exposed to this thing is when we are working on it for our company, right? For mm-hmm. the, the corporate, corporate companies, right? They will yeah. always spend a lot of time, right? Uh, they will take two days yeah, to think about it or even months to agree as a company that this is our mission, this is our vision. And that will be the, the, the way that they will conduct their business. That will be the way that they will make their decisions, right? Based mm-hmm. on what their mission, their vision is. And we spend so much effort and investment in that. And what about our families? Because our families are, you know, equally or more important than than the company isn't it yeah. i mean they are what we have with us for the rest of our lives and if we wanted to move forward uh in and and be able to um make good decisions and enjoy our our lifetime together what more we need to spend time you know thinking about these things so that we can move forward and, and make the best decisions for our you know our whole journey together as a family so our uh, mission, our mission as a family is to um, be igniters. 
So that is our mission. We want to ignite potential in, in the people that we come across. We want to ignite um, dreams. We want to ignite um, whatever it is, you know, the hero within themselves. Mm. Uh, that's our mission as our family. Mm. And um, yeah, basically that's what we want to do as a family. So when we, when we, um, whatever activities, activities that we do, like, you know, coming into a, a party or whatever, you know, we want to be that kind of person, you know, to ignite, to encourage. Yeah. That's what we want to do. And then, um, what we, um, live by are three things, which is to pursue love, to pursue righteousness and to shine. So whenever we, you know, make any decisions, then we look at these three things and we say, does it help us to pursue love, righteousness, and it helps us to shine for, for God's glory? Then if it's yes, 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 then okay, let's do it. Right? Yeah. But if it's not right, whatever this, this decision it is, if it's not right, then no, we don't go ahead. So that's, that's kind of like the way that we operate in our family. So the kids know that and as well. Yeah, and I was just going to say, you know, the, the children know this. So when they want to do something that they're not supposed to, mm. then I'll ask them a question. Is it the right thing to do? And then they will think about it and say, no. So what should you do? <laughs> and then they'll know. Okay. All right. Okay. So it's no, there's no questions about it because they, they, they understand the concept. Mm. That's amazing, to be honest. Uh, and and you said ignite. You, you I think what you did at Grace's house, uh, with your daughter and and how she acted and how you were as a parent. I think that ignited. I mean, the whole interest in this, uh, me getting you on this podcast and digging deeper to, as to what it is and what it takes to be a better parent, a better boyfriend, a better husband in the future. So yeah, I think job well done. I think you guys are igniting, igniting within me that um that 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 belief to to have to work on myself to be a good parent. I want to segue to this question, which um, I'm also very curious about because, uh, I mean, I learned about this, a lot of these things that I learned about, just being more authentic, being more vulnerable in the past two, three years, right? And uh, I won't say it's too late, but I mean, of course, if I can turn back time, I wish to be a little bit more aware about these things much earlier. And one story I want to share is uh, I have this friend who is way older than me, easily 10 years beyond me in my age. And uh, in his words, I think he said he suffered a lot of um, was it trauma. Trauma may be the right word, like trauma. And he said that he's aware enough to say that in order to change, I have to change myself. So one very beautiful thing that he did was the fact that he went home one day. He doesn't go home often. I think he lives all the way outside in the Grace of Milan. And he went home and he went over and straight away hugged his mom and dad, which he hasn't done for years. And I applaud that. And thinking about doing that now gives me goosebumps because it's such a, such a cheesy thing to do. But he said that, and one thing he said that made me really, really think deep through this, he said, I'm not doing it for anyone. I'm doing it for myself. He says, I really needed it because I've never actually gotten it. Um, and I suppose the question that I want to ask you would be, uh, how has being a, a mom, being a parent and, and seeing different parenting 
through the program that you offer um, change your relationship with your mom and dad, your parents? Mm. Well, I, I really like that story that you just told me about your friend. Um, truly, it begins with us. You know, what we, what we want to see happen begins with, with us. Um, I think I come from a family that I think, you know, from, you know, this conversation is a very typical Asian family. Yeah. Mm-hmm. They, they provided very well for me. Um, I'm grateful for that. But at the same time, I, I don't, I don't re- really remember special occasions, you know. I don't really remember special moments um, spent together. And I always felt like there needs to be something more. And uh, before I even became a parent, um, I was... I, I was uh, convicted by a, a, a memory verse, a Bible verse that said that by this shall all men know that you are my disciple if you have love for one another. So because of the love of God for me, the love of Christ for me, mm. um, that he would sacrifice everything yeah, and die on the cross for me, that's the kind of love I need to have for my family. That's the kind of love I need to have for everyone. And so even though um, there were a lot of things that happened between my, my father and my mother, yeah, and they were separated and my father didn't live, didn't live with us, but I felt like I really needed to reach out and, and just, just show him love. So what I did was I, you know, I called, I called him, I wrote him letters and it was very difficult, you know, because he, he's the typical Asian father that just doesn't know how to have conversation. Right? So I would say like, how are you? And then he'd be like, uh, okay, okay. Uh, and then, uh, so the conversation is always about food because that's the only thing that he can talk about, you know, it's like, oh, what did you eat for lunch today? Okay. Then he can talk like, very comfortably, but anything deeper than food, you know, yeah, don't even go there. So he'll be um, very uncomfortable. But what I was very intentional about was to tell him, um, I love you at the end of the conversation. So I would say, okay, all right. I love you, pa. Bye. And then he'd be like, ah, 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 bye, 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 bye. <laughs> you know? And so that went on for years. And uh, finally, like after maybe 10 over years, he could actually um, call me on his own and ask me what was I doing. And then he could even end the conversation by saying, I love you. And he would put down and, you know, it was, it was, it, it took a long time, but it had to start somewhere. So what I'm saying here is that just like your friend, he took that initiative to just go to his parents' place and give them a hug in the same way. I just took the initiative to just, you know, make calls just to find out, connect, mm. you know, and then, yeah, not feel at risk for saying I love you um, because I really, truly wanted him to know that and I don't want, you know, to take for granted. 
So what happened was he reciprocate, reciprocated. <laughs> How do you say that? Yeah. <laughs> After many years, yeah. After many years, and then we could come to that place where, you know, um, we're at peace with each other. And yeah, when he when he passed on, you know, I think that I just felt that I'm so grateful that I didn't didn't stop myself, you know, from, from taking the step. I, I'm so grateful that God gave us those years of reconciliation. I'm so glad that, you know, we could come to that place where, mm. um, yeah, we're both, we're both good. We're go- both at a, a, pla- a good place. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you for sharing. Um, thank you for, thank you for opening up that way. And, uh, I'm, I'm sorry. I didn't know, uh, that he, he's no longer around. Yeah. But thank, no you, thank you so much. Uh, yeah, I, I think I think that's what I needed to hear. I'm not sure if maybe a lot of people need to hear that, right? Like, I think change has to begin. <laughs> Cliche as it sounds, change has to really begin with you, and from then on, hopefully, through who you are, you inspire people to take the first step, right? Like, just through your actions, you exemplify what it is that you wish the world to be, and the world kind of responds to you based on that. To just highlight what you said uh, and what I observe from what you do is the fact that, uh, and this is something we've always been told to do as coaches, right? We have to role model the behavior that we wish to see in our coaches. And I think you doing that uh, uh, to your own family, to your own mom and dad is maybe one large reason why your kids are at the stage where they are comfortable showing you affection, being close to you uh, and, and your husband, of course. So I just wanted to uh, to highlight that. Uh, <laughs> I'm grateful. I'm really grateful. And in all honesty, I mean, the full honest truth is, you know, physical touch is kind of like uncomfortable for me because growing up, I didn't have hugs. I didn't have kisses, you know, mm. but it's so big on Kelvin's side. Mm. Uh, his side of the family is just so huge on um, big hugs, you know, so huge on uh, kisses, so that so much so that when my children come to me, it's kind of like <laughs> <laughs> a little bit uncomfortable. But you know what? I'm really embracing it. I'm really loving it. I'm really grateful for mm. all of it. Yeah, um, yeah. I'm just, I'm just feeling really blessed that you know, I, this is my life. I love it. <laughs> Thank you, thank you for sharing. I mean, it's 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 unconventional, I suppose. What what Kelvin has, I, I mean, I, I read about it in uh, one of the blog posts you guys wrote out, wrote for your Facebook page, right? Like, uh, physical intimacy is something uh, common in his family, not so much in yours. Mm-hmm. So it took some time for you to kind of adjust to it, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah it does. <laughs> yeah, I suppose we all have to kind of go out of our comfort zone in a way, one way or the other, to really meet each other in the middle, if I may. Exactly. Yeah. Okay, thank you so much for all your time here. I suppose uh, I'm going to try to wrap up now. I'm going to try because I have been known to be a very uh, Cheong Hei person. One thing I do want to ask is, uh, and one thing that I really need to to know personally, and a lot of friends as well, because uh, we had a very tough time right now dealing with COVID and uh, this never-ending lockdown seems to be causing more mental distress. Uh, Even for... I mean, I, I pride myself to being able to take take control of my emotions and my well-being. I mean, uh, 
my industry, fitness is very much affected. But what do you have to say to families uh, that are that are kind of struggling through this time right now? Imagine having to work from home, having two kids, three kids to have to to, to deal with their class, online classes and whatnot. Um, what advice would you give to them? I know it's a very broad and very bad question, but yeah, tell me what you think. Well, I mean, it's a real thing that we're all facing. Mm. Um, especially, I mean, families that are struggling uh, with having to bring in bring in the the income and as, at the same time to you know manage the children it's it's a it's a real struggle i know it um we, we have the same struggle too but at the same time there's always a silver lining you know with what's going on um Although it's tough, it's difficult, but we're at home all the time with the children. And although for some it may be stressful, you know, it's like, oh no, you know, they, 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 they're just constantly bugging me. I can't, you know, concentrate on my work and yada, yada, yada. Um, my advice is have a family meeting. Okay, very practical. Yeah. Have a family meeting. Um, it's important for everyone to understand the whole situation, um, the boundaries, you know, the rules, the structure of what needs to go on in a day. Mm. Um, what's important to the whole family. Yeah. So when MCO1 hit us, the first thing we did was we pulled out a whiteboard. And then we started writing down, okay, guys, we're stuck. <laughs> we can't go out. You know, what do we need to be happy as a family? So, you know, the kids, you know, just brainstorm and they shouted out the things that they, they wanted. You know, I want to have fun. I want to, <laughs> you know, I want to be able to do this, do that. So we wrote it all down. Da, 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 da. Of course, things that were just beyond, you know, <laughs> beyond not real one, like, cannot do, we have to tell them, uh, sorry, mm. eh. <laughs> out. But, you know, those things that were important, we put it down. So what are some things that we, we put down? We said that, hey, guys, uh, it's important that we continue to have a, um, a structure to our day, you know, to have um, a, a schedule so mm. that we, we don't go all over the place. We still know what we need to do. Okay. Uh, what's important is that we stay healthy. Right. So let's put in time for exercise. Mm. What's important is that we, we have fun. Right. So we put in there. So whatever, whatever it is, you, you put it down and, and then we, we brainstorm together. Mm. Okay. How do we do this? You know, when do we do this? And then we put it all into a, a weekly schedule and we put there, okay, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, okay, uh, what needs to be done? Yeah, what time do you need to wake up? What time, you know, um, exercise happens? What time, um, you know, devices are allowed from when to when? Mm. Yeah, so so everybody knows, you know, what 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 is expected. What, what happens, oh, why stress happens is when the expectations are different. So the child expects you to be there, you know, sitting with them, playing with them the whole time. And your expectation is that you, you need to be working 
mm. and they need to, you know, manage themselves. So we need to align the expectations in order for you all to be able to work together and ensure that, you know, you, you, everyone is covering for each other. Everybody knows what needs to be done. And, and yeah, they take responsibility lah of of what is mm. expected of each other. Is this a daily meeting that you guys do? No, no, no. <laughs> we don't. Um, we set one and then we all work towards it, you know, the whole time. Mm. So like in MCO, we had this thing. And then in MCO2, we, did, we, we, we thought about it. said, do we need to bring out? Then we, we figured out, hey, we're pretty good already. You know, everybody knows what to do already. So yeah. don't need. So um. if we find that um, things are out of whack again, then hey, let's gather. Mm. Let's meet together. But we do meet together once a week as, as, as our family um, ritual. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So we meet every Monday nights. And we uh, take turns to to lead in a, a song, a game, and then we have a, a lesson, a Bible lesson. Mm. Yeah, yeah, and so we take turns lah. Okay. Yeah, no matter how young, they can still do it. Yeah, so everybody has this um, exposure lah, and what is expected of them is, you know, they are, that they, I mean. There's no high expectations because they're children, you know, and we use it as uh, learning experiences for them to to get better. Mm. And what happens is just beautiful because, you know, you, you didn't realize that, wow, they have so much potential. They, they are so capable. Wow, you know. So that's the beautiful thing that happens every Monday. Yeah. And then we, 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 we have a, a lot of fun doing it together. And that's the key. We need to make it fun, not a chore. Mm. This reminds me of the latest post you guys have on Facebook, right? I think that was a treasure hunt. Uh, I'm pretty sure it's not your idea. I'm pretty sure it's uh, one of your kids who came up with that idea for, for Kelvin yes. to go around the house and, and find find stuff based on the clues that is given. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that is um, just one of those joys, you know, the joys of parenthood where you don't... We, you don't expect it and it comes and mm. you, you know, you sit back and you realize that, wow, you know, um, these years of just doing random things with them, they're connecting the dots inside, you know, and then they are capable of making use of what they know and, and, and yeah, using it to, to make someone's day. So right now, um, honestly, when it comes to people's birthdays, I'll just say that so-and-so's birthday is coming. You know what? It's become like this habit of theirs that they want to do something for that person. So without me telling them, they would go and, and uh, do a card or they would uh, paint something or it's just, you know, it's inbuilt already in them. Mm. And I, 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 just, I just think that that is so nice uh, that they would have, the ability and as well as the thought, the heart Sigmoke. behind. Yeah, yeah. So like recently on Mother's Day, my daughter came to me and said, I mean, I wrote you a song. I'm like, wow. <laughs> so she said, come, come, come. So I sat by the piano and she wrote, you know, she sang me the song. She played the piano and sang me a song. And I'm thinking to myself, I'm so blessed. I'm so, so blessed. Because, you know, you don't need to tell them to do these things. They just know they just know what to do and they do it. 
yeah. So you just set the you just set the standard really really <laughs> high for future parents, man. Not everyone wants to kind of achieve that now. No pressure, so, no pressure. Thank you so much. No, for no. I mean, every, I mean, I I think I need to just say this from the very on start. Every family is unique. Okay, there is no way that um there is a perfect family. There's no such thing as a perfect family. You have, you are perfect for your family. <laughs> and what you envision for your family, you know, that's what you'll do, right? So for, for a family that, um, that just love the outdoors, that's their perfect family. You know, if they're always going out and doing the camping stuff and, you know, doing all that, that's perfect for their family. You know, for the family that, that um, I don't know, they just love, singing together, you know, a night of karaoke, a night of just, you know, hanging around the piano, that's a perfect night for them. So every family is unique. And, you know, um, what we want to do is, is be intentional to make it the family that you want your family to be. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's what I want to say. I, I want to quote you also on um on one of the one of the things uh, one of the quotes that often come out in some of the articles that you write is um you encourage creative mess over tidy idleness, and I think that <laughs> I think that really sums up um sums up your philosophy you and your husband's philosophy in allowing the kids to to grow to become who they are because I mean you can control everything and then it end up only shaping the kid to be who you want to be rather than who they should be right. So it sounds to me like um, you allow your kids a lot of freedom to express themselves, to be who they are, to be creative. And I, I am 100% behind that. I think that is super important for kids to really um, grow into who they are. Uh, but what about expectations? What about the things that you wish for them that sometimes comes in terms of uh, being not so much just parents, just being seniors, right? Like, I, I think I know what's best for you. I think I know what you're supposed to do. And it's very, again, very common in the Asian culture, I gotta say. Uh, what, what say you? I say that you're right. I mean, it's common that we, you know, we have expectations of others, mm-hmm. not just our children, but even our spouses and our, our you know, family and friends, uh, it's normal. Um, but for our children, especially, uh, we, th- this is what I, this is what I, I stand by, mm. um, that children, my children are a gift from, from God. Mm. Yeah. And I'm just a steward. I'm just a steward of the children that he gives me. Uh, I'm a shepherd means I can lead them and guide them to where I, you know, the green pastures are, uh, where the water is, I can lead them. Um, but I'm just a steward. So as long as, you know, they are in my, you know, in my care, I'll do what I can to ensure that they, they meet their full potential and whatsoever it is. But I cannot force them. I cannot impose on them um they could be just like seeds given right seeds we don't know whether they're going to be pumpkin or they're going to be you know uh 
lady's finger or they're going to be uh, yeah, durian. We don't know, but only God knows. Yeah. And God knows um, their fullest potential. God knows the purpose that he has for each one of them. And so I, I, I don't want to be pressured to, to uh, shape them into a durian <laughs> because they don't, maybe that's not what God wanted them to be, you know, but what I, what I, no, I can, um, that's within my control is the character, you know, the things that I, I, I can put in place to ensure that their character is molded, um, that, oh yeah, I want to talk about the four C's, the four C's that are important for them, ensuring that their character is in place, mm. ensuring that, um, they have good communication skills. They know how to connect with people ensuring that uh, they have creativity and ensuring that they uh, have the coordination <laughs> to do things. So as parents, these are the things that are within my control. Mm. Um, I can send them for activities that, you know, help build character or, you know, I can give them chores that will help them build character. Um, I can, you know, in terms of creativity, along with their interests, help to, you know, direct them towards their interests. It could be music, it could be arts, it could be, um, you know, building stuff, coding, whatever it is. I could guide them along the ways. Um, when it comes to, uh, what was that other thing? Communication? Yeah. So ensuring that, you know, I role model good communication skills, you know, making sure that uh, tone, body language is, you know, uh, the, the role modeling all this to them. Yeah. Also giving them opportunities to, to uh, like go to debate class or, you know, public speaking class that will help them to shape their thoughts, you know, form their, form their thoughts and shape their sentences or whatsoever. Uh, those are things within my control. And then for coordination, we think that it's important as well because, you know, they need to know how to uh, move their body. <laughs> oh, okay. uh, move their body and be, be confident. You know, I've seen before uh, where children of the same age, there are some that can cross the longkang <laughs> and then some feel really scared, cannot cross the longkang. <laughs> And I think it's a lot to do with exposure, you know, at a young age, I think it's, it's good to, to help them to, to do these active things so that they, they gain confidence in, you know, how their body works. Yeah. So I, that's what we've learned along the way. And if you're asking like, you know, what are the things that I should, should uh, enroll my kids in? Think about these four C's. Oh, okay. Yeah. yeah. One of the questions I asked you through WhatsApp, right? Uh, like yeah. music class versus taekwondo class versus literature class. Okay, okay, yeah. it's a good guide. The four C's. Yeah. So it's creativity, communication, um, coordination, and I'm missing one out. Um, character. Character. Okay, okay. And character comes very much from uh, who they can role model in terms of their parents. Uh, is it safe to say? Uh, that as well as you know, just in any situation. Mm. Uh, using that as the learning teachable moment, you know, mm. as parents. Mm. Yeah. Okay. 
this reminds me of one quote that they say, uh, and maybe your kids are not at that age where they are exposed to a lot of uh, different people yet. Maybe teenage would be, maybe I can interview you after one of your, uh, your eldest daughter reaches teenage stage and then we have very, very different topics to talk about, right? Uh, but this quote goes, um, you are the average of the five people you spend the most time with. And I think, yeah, you hear stories about like excellent students hanging out with the wrong crowd and then after that, just falling into a spiral of uh, negativity, doing bad things and all that. Yeah, side tangent. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. <laughs> something that something that my brain does just goes all around the place. We've gone through all the techniques today. We've gone through the four C's. We've gone through the A, B, C, D, Mr. Ted. Um, these are all the things that we can expect to 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 get from the Heroes Headquarters uh, program, right? Yes. yes. Okay. Um, a lot of these principles that I'm teaching are are from the toolbox course mm. that we that we run. It's an eight weeks course uh, with parents. And, you know, just to go through the A will take, you know, two hours. And even the two hours, we feel like it's not enough, you know. Um, so for each A, B, C, D, you know, we, we spend, you know, two hours for all of these. And then we put it all together. And then, yeah, we also do a parent coaching session with the parents that come and join us on the course. Mm. Um, a lot of these things we we share is because you know of the content that we go through as well as also our you know experience as 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 parents um and what we try to do is to wh whatever that you know we're trying to uh bring awareness bring awareness to the community around us we try to write it in in our articles in our mm -hmm. posts yeah, and and we do it um, in those short little mm. events that we have, like a father and uh, father and son camp. Yeah, I saw that. Or even the leadership camps, um, the YOLO girls adventure camp. What we try to do is we bring awareness to to them um, about all these things that you, that are really important in life and that they should take time to think about. Mm. Yeah, and then from there we try to have building programs, and toolbox is one of the building programs. Yeah, and then after that, we try to um, we are working towards continuous learning. So, so we're gonna have a we're gonna be launching a coaching, coaching, coaching uh, service or coaching. Yeah, I saw yeah. that. I saw that post. Yeah. So, so yeah, that's what we want to do. First, bring awareness, and then you know, give them the tools to to build their skills, mm. and then uh, to have continuous learning. Um, available to the community around us. Okay, okay. And a lot of yeah. these get towards parents, I assume. And some some like the, the father-daughter and the mother-son programs uh, specific to each individual or parent's needs. Yeah. Okay. yeah I'm sorry, I'm, try I'm, I'm putting words in your mouth now in terms of what <laughs> Heroes Headquarters is. But yeah, you. I think you did a good job explaining it. Uh, and I would also encourage um, everyone, not because... Not because I'm paid to say this, but uh, I have a I have a very fun time reading through the posts that you guys share on Heroes Headquarters. I think it's a, uh, I mean, again, it's not telling you exactly what to do as a parent, but uh, you guys sharing your real life examples of what you guys go through. Uh, even as program coordinators yourself, there are still days where, of course, you're not perfect and you try your best and just somehow the techniques that you guys teach, the programs that you guys teach, uh, it, it just gets you back to, to how things are supposed to be. So yeah, I highly encourage people follow that Facebook page, uh, Heroes Headquarters. Is that right? 
Yeah, okay. Heroes Headquarters, Family Enrichment Programs, I think. Okay, okay. Now <laughs> we, we, we include the links in. So, uh, well, before we end this, I just want to ask you, is there anything else you would like to share? What else would you wish to have, you could have been asked through this podcast today? Actually, you covered a, a whole lot. <laughs> <laughs> Um, yeah, I mean, I, I just want to attribute all that, you know, I've shared today back to the things that we've been teaching, yeah, in the toolbox course, as well as, you know, things that Kelvin teaches in his corporate programs as well. He's a, a corporate trainer. Mm. Yeah. So these are things that um, we feel are very helpful and that we hope that it has helped you all when you heard, heard it today. Yeah. Okay. I just want to thank you, Bradley, for giving me this opportunity to to just speak to you. I mean, I think I really enjoyed this conversation very much, speaking about the things that are very dear and close to my heart. Um, family is something that both Kelvin and I feel are super essential. Uh, they are the basic unit of the whole world. Mm. Yeah, and it's the heart of everything. And if the heart is in trouble, then you will find that you will see trouble in schools, you will see trouble in the community, you will see trouble in organizations and even the leadership of the country. So that's why we feel that it's so important that families are given a chance yeah, to, to grow, uh, given a chance to, to be prioritized because it will affect everything. Mm. So marriages play that big, big role and as the marriage is strong, parents will be strong. The children will be able to grow up as amazing leaders of the future. That is a beautiful way to end this podcast. Thank you so much for, for, for that epic monologue. <laughs> uh, Thank yeah. You. Thank you so much. Thank you so much for your time. And you know what? Thank you so much for making me less nervous in this podcast. I think you did a great job really expressing who you are expressing what the company is about, expressing your personal, your, your family's vision and mission. And I really applaud that. Something that I would have to re-listen to. Uh, and largely because there's a lot of fear. I mean, when I get married, when I get kids, I felt like I needed a playbook coming. I needed to take out a playbook from you coming out today. But I think what uh, was really encouraging to hear from my end was the fact that, um, yeah, thank you so much for saying this, right? Everyone's perfect in their own way. And then there's really no right or wrong way per se to 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 be to be to be a parent. It's, yeah, I mean, we just need the the vision mm. and work towards that. Have the principles in place, and you're gonna be fine. Yeah, okay. having fear is not a bad thing. It's good because it causes you to causes you to you know not slack. And, and, and really want something bad enough to work towards it. So, so it's okay to be fearful. I know I read so much, you know, in my first pregnancy, I never read so much in my whole entire life, but it's a good thing. And when we are, um, when we've done all that we can to prepare ourselves, uh, you just leave it in God's hands and, you know, God will take care of everything. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, <laughs> thank you so much for your time today, Louisa. Thank you, Bradley. Thank it was you. my privilege, honestly. <laughs> <laughs> my pleasure. My pleasure. 
All right, so everyone do check out uh, Heroes Headquarters on Facebook. Uh, check it out and there will be a lot of relevant links on that Facebook page. Now. All right, uh, I never know how to close this podcast. So I suppose, uh, yeah, this is it. This is the podcast. Thank you. Bye-bye. See you. Bye.